well, what are we going to do with my property? What are we going to do with this? What are we going to do with that? And so I was like, golly, I need to go get my real estate license so that I can list these people's property for them and help them sell it. And I ran into this guy that owned his own, this pizza company called Fat Daddy's Pizza. His name's Robert Hammond. And Robert was like on his 10th flip already. And so I started ordering pizza once a week. And I wouldn't call up on, I would go, I would, hey, is Robert in? Okay, hang up the phone, I'd drive over, and then I'd order my pizza in person and I'd start talking to him once a week, sometimes twice a week. 30 minutes is what it takes to, to make a pizza. And so I would take all of his time and get all this free education. And then I ran into a show called Put This House. All right, all right, my friends, and welcome to episode 40 of the Started Somewhere podcast. Holy smokes. I cannot believe that we've made it to episode 40 already. Uh, It feels like just yesterday I started this podcast up. So if you're here listening right now, huge thank you for stopping by and supporting the show. Now, today, my friends, I have Curtis Warden from Houston joining in on the show. And Curtis is a very well-known custom home builder down in Houston. Probably one of the most recognizable names in the industry when it comes to building out beautiful, sick, custom homes. I mean, you really have to check out this guy's work. But he stopped by the show and he shared with us his story, right? That's what this show is all about. His story on how he got to where he is today. The ups, the downs, the challenges, and of course the juicy stuff. Sit back, relax, enjoy the show. Before this episode begins, I wanted to let you guys know of a huge announcement. I just launched our first ever, never been seen before, t-shirt slash hoodie design. The link's going to be down below. If you want to support the show, if you want to support me, If you want to support the Started Somewhere community, please go check out the new apparel. Grab yourself a piece and make sure to send me a picture on Instagram. All right, Curtis, welcome to the show, bro. Thanks for having me, Ross. Man, it's an absolute pleasure. We go way back. Way back. Yeah, way back. Yeah, man. We go back to to Shipley's Donuts. It's fired up. Yeah, man, 2014-15, bro, it's, time flies, my man. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here on the Start of Somewhere show, man. Super excited to share your story. You're, you know, one of the uh, one of the best to do it, you know, especially in the Houston real estate community, man. You're very well known, that. very well respected. Yeah. A lot of people know your work, but a lot, a lot of, people of people don't, right? A lot of people hate hate on me. They do. A lot of people, love, they love my work, <laughs> but they hate on me. So well, 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 they hate on your mouth because for, oh, yes. anybody, for anybody that. Well, what I tell, what yeah. I tell people is, you know, you, you go for the steak, but you stay for the sizzle. So they come for the content or they come, they come for the, um, they come for the content, but they stay for the drama. Yeah. Well, you, you provide a lot of entertainment 
for a lot of people. So we always appreciate you for that, man. Uh, but, you know, Curtis, we have listeners from all over the country. In fact, we have some sure. listeners from Europe as well that aren't familiar with you, nice. that aren't familiar with your work. So could you just briefly give us an overview of what you've been up to in sure. your business? Okay, so um, I used to flip properties from like 2006, 2007 till uh, 2010, 2011. And um, that was when the market shifted and went from being like foreclosure heavy to uh, it became more of a stabilized market again. And then I had to go find like a new area of Houston to go make some profits in and I split away from my partners because they were like, you're always over budget, but you do great work. And uh, I was reading an article in the Houston press and it was like, Hey, here's the next up and coming area of Houston for 2010. And it said this little area of the Heights called Brooksmith. And so I looked quickly on MLS because I had my real estate license and you know, I was seeing stuff for like 50,000, 75,000, a hundred thousand. And I was tr just backtracking like three years before that I was 35 and it had already doubled. And this guy named Will Denker brought me this wholesale deal, two houses. And I had a client that was like, Hey, we'll do one with you. I was like, okay, cool. So we bought this side by side, two houses side by side. And that started my entire process. I actually did that flip with a guy named Brent Phillips. Brent mm -hmm. Phillips and I did that property together. Then I found another property from a guy who's been on your show, AC Ramos. Mm -hmm. AC Ramos sold me a wholesale deal. And then uh, now what I do is like I, I do um, solo again. I'm doing custom construction because all these people saw what I was doing for the community. And I built like 24 properties or 24 different floor plans, 24 different uh, little bitty bungalows, uh, mini mansions here in the Heights. And um, now I am doing that in custom for people who saw maybe one of my open houses, but they, they, they missed the opportunity because someone else bought the property. So now people are asking me to build like version two with some customization and I'm loving it because mm -hmm. I actually get to see the person's reaction every step of the way versus waiting like eight months. And then you're like, you know, you're rolling the dice, hoping that someone likes the granite, the color you picked out, the flooring, the finishes, and you spend, you know, $400,000, $500,000 on finishes inside of a house, you want to know that you're doing the right thing so you don't have to go and spend another like 30 or 40 to redo it to make it sell. Mm. So there's so many different strategies in the real estate niche, right? Like the umbrella. Yeah. And you focus on new construction, customized properties. That's like your day-to-day your -day focus. Is that right? Uh, part, partly. So half of it is new construction, and then half of it is like the chip in Joanna Gaines, um, tear down the property to a certain point, and then remodel, revitalize from there. Mm. So uh, I did that. And then also, then I came up with an idea, and uh, a buddy of mine who's been on your podcast, Brian Burr, 
uh, Brian's my private lender. So Brian and I were like, hey, let's go buy four houses this year. You flip them and let's see if we can just do four houses in six months. We did three houses in six months. We did four in 10 months. And like each one of those properties, like I did one for like maybe 45 grand in profit, another one for like 36. And then I had two of them that were really low, like 22 and 18. Mm. So I made a little bit of money doing some quick flips. And then it was like, you know what? This market, I don't think that the market's going to be able to sustain itself, right? So I thought we've done this big ride for a while. I think the market's getting ready to, to go down. So I got out no longer doing any of these big flips for myself. And I'm just cherry picking what I see that comes through on hostel deals. Or if like someone calls me back on a yellow letter or I don't know, someone that I hit up a while back calls me like, hey, remember you tried to buy my house like three years ago, I'm ready to sell. Right. Does that does that happen? Yeah. Yeah. When you you, you 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 know, you're the same way that I am, okay? When you meet you, it's hard to forget you. When mm. people meet me, it's like you either like me or you don't. And a lot of people their first impression of me is um like I think I, I I think that this guy has got my best interest. He's going to help me out. And I always tell people Unlike most of these people who are going to come to your house and give you an offer, I'm actually going to be the one doing the work. It's my kids' education money. It's my personal money that's going into this property. And I always close with this because most of the people I buy from have lived in that property for years. When I'm finished, you can come back and I will walk you through and show you everything that I did. And they love that. Wow. They love that. Wow. That's, that's definitely the first time I've ever heard of anyone doing that, man. So that's a, that's a, that's a pretty big value add, right? People want to see what their properties look like after the fact. It's pretty cool. Well, man. You have to remember, uh, okay. So when you're buying a property, this is for people who are listening to this podcast. I have a phrase on, I have my own podcast and we go live, uh, tomorrow night called the investor game day podcast. You've been to the event before with Eddie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had like we would typically have like a thousand people show up. Um, so now we're doing it all live online. Well, there's this phrase that I always say when I'm talking about real estate and flipping. When you're buying a property, it's called real estate. When you're flipping the property, it's called feel estate. And a lot of investors get caught up in feel estate. They have that one deal. And they go around the networking group and they're like, oh, look at my one deal. It's so pretty. Don't you think it's pretty? Ross, look at my, my deal. Isn't it pretty? And I'm like, no, your deal sucks. And if you had more than one deal, you wouldn't be focused on this ugly ass deal right here that's got no profit on it. Mm. And you're trying to sell it to me, telling me all it really needs is like $15,000. You drive out to the property and it's like missing everything. Mm. Fail estate. Don't get caught up in the Philistine. Hey, Started Somewhere listeners, really quick. Want to give a huge shout out to today's sponsor, Positive Ties, a company out of Houston, Texas, that makes entrepreneurial, inspirational, motivational t-shirts. They're absolutely incredible. 
I'm going to put the link in the show notes. Check them out. Grab yourself some gear. And hey, let them know that I sent you. Enjoy the rest of the show. So, Curtis, nope. man, I, I've seen your work. I've seen the properties that you throw on the market. And I would encourage all the listeners to check you out on social media to see your work as well. Facebook and all that good stuff. But, man, you know, Appreciate one it. thing that I've always been fascinated by is, you know, in the stuff that you do, there's so many moving parts, right? Like the stuff that I do, you know the deal. We're painting. We're putting in new floors. I'm putting in some $1,000 appliances, cheap at Lowe's. Like there's not too many thoughts that have to go into these sub 250K flips. But in your market, in your world, it's completely different. Like how how do you keep track of everything that's going on and the, you know, where do you find the inspiration to, to design the properties that you put out mm. there? That is a, that's a brilliant question. Um, the inspiration comes from the fact that the market and my friends have already seen what I did on the last flip. I need to show them something new so they'll be like, wow, Curtis has still got it. And I also like to be the leader or the thought leader in the design area. So a girl a while back, named Lisa Gu, she told me, um, real estate design follows New York Fashion Week. If you can look at New York Fashion Week, you will see the colors that are going to be coming in the next year for real estate design. And she's been right. Like the floral patterns, we went through this little deal where floral patterns, and then she said, gold is coming back. And bam, gold, brushed gold, is like the hottest thing that you can get brush gold and matte black. Those are the hottest things. So it's like, how do you incorporate trends and how do you maintain something that's timeless? I think that that is like the marriage that most people don't sit and think about because they are in a $250,000 flip and the $250,000 buyer just really want something that's a little bit unique. They're not really expecting um, the flash and dash of maybe like a $750,000 buyer. That person's a step up buyer, right? They're looking for something that is like really, really, really cool. They can pay for it. They've got some financial resources behind them and they want something that they are going to be able to showcase to their friends. So because that is the motivation, I think, for the buyer, I'm coming from that perspective. I've got to show them something that they haven't seen before on the market. Or I take what someone else has designed and I try to do it just a little bit better. Mm. Great answers, man. You know, there's so many, I feel like there's so many things to keep track of and so much more that can go wrong. Is that true or, or no? in every flip it's basically the same process the parts are more expensive right but many people in the lower end flips do not pull permits it's the permits in the new construction phase that's where the moving parts are like boom 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 but because there is a system and because i've done the system a lot that the all those moving parts you just kind of know okay well i'm preparing 
I'm buying granite now for a month down the road. I'm buying appliances now so that they'll be delivered in three months, but my, I have to give the cutout dimensions so that my custom cabinet maker can go ahead and start making the cabinets. So mm. when I pick something out, I have to buy it then. And basically then I'm floating that cash until the bank, until it gets delivered. Then the bank comes and draws me back my money. Mm. So Interesting. it's, it's just like, you know, the, 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 the sequence of the parts is what I would say is different, right? If you're going to go and buy a thousand dollar appliance package or a $1,200 appliance package, you can go to Best Buy, you can go to Home Depot, you can do whatever. When I'm buying a 36 inch Italian oven and I have to do a custom microwave vent hood that's got a certain insert that goes in it and then I'm building the box around it, the timing of when those things are bought is the only thing that changes. Mm, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Now, with everything that's going on, obviously COVID, we're in 2020 right now. If you happen to be watching this in the future, would you recommend a, a, a newbie get started in the new construction space right now? Mm. I will say that the real estate market around the country is riddled with people who were once builders. It is, um, it's a heavy cash flow intensive process. The only way I would do it is if I had a partner. Like if someone was like, hey, you know, that uh, ginger with the green shirt that was on Ross has started somewhere podcast sounded like he knew what the fuck he was doing. I'm going to I'm going to contact him. Then, yeah. You know, then you can holler at your boy here in the H. But if you're if you're like new and you're like, oh, you know, I just had this. I just saw fixer up or I think I'm going to go and build me a brand new house. I mean, I'm like, you're crazy, mm. but some people out there think the world's flat. So I don't know. I love it, man. You know, I saw it real quick and then I want to change gears here, but I saw this lot in Katy yesterday and you know, they're, they're offering it for 65 K it's right off of Mason and I 10 and I comped it out. There's no new construction in the area, but things are selling for, you know, mid two hundreds and you know I, I thought about it like, hey maybe this is something but then i didn't see any new construction that's been built within the last 10 years and that kind of scared me away and i just exited out the browser and just forgot about it so i don't know yeah. it's a little it's intimidating man is, is new construction in the area like a requirement for you or or no no um what's a and what's a requirement for me is the trend so am I seeing the market double over a period of three to five years? If I'm seeing that and I know like things are starting to be sold really quickly at what I believe is lot value, mm. then I know that there's getting ready to be a wave of new construction hitting. And also there's a way to pull permits that have been sold by zip code in Houston. And by doing that, you can see where everybody's buying property. And then my number one rule about buying real estate anywhere in Houston is to follow HEB. Wherever HEB goes, I follow. Mm. HEB went off of Shepherd, I'm going out to Shepherd. HEB goes to 288, I'll go to 288. Wherever HEB is dropping their land, 
land's just going to go like this. And mm. for those that are listening to the podcast that don't know what HEB is, HEB is kind of like, uh, it's like the target of grocery stores times a thousand. It's like walking into a Neiman Marcus grocery store. It's, it's high end, bougie, better than Whole Foods ever thought that they could be. And uh, their marketing is just outrageously cool. It's the best grocery store. Like it's, it's the just, best grocery store in the world. Is. It just is. No other grocery <laughs> store touches it. It's like Bucky's. Yeah. It's like Bucky's. Bucky's is the best convenience store to go get gas. It is. But but people from not from Texas, man. They we're speaking Chinese right now. They don't. If you ever on a road trip I, in I, Texas, yeah. man, for the listeners, stop at a Bucky's. It'll 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 blow your mind. You know, Curtis, I want to I want to switch yeah. gears up here, man, because I personally have yeah. never heard your story. I don't even know how you got started. Yeah. You know, where you come from? How did this all happen for you? And I'm sure the listeners want to know as well. So let's go way back. Let's talk senior year of high school, right? That's like the 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 time in most people's lives where they decide which road they're going to take. Did you always know that you're going to be doing new construction? You know, did you go to university, college? Like, what, what, what was going on with Curtis back at 17, 18 years old? Okay, so um, let me take you back uh, to my sixth grade year. I get pulled into a room with my mom and my dad, and I'm told that my mom has a, a rare disease called lupus and that the doctors have given her, like, five years to live. My mom makes it all the way to my ninth grade year, where in the middle of December 7th of my ninth grade year, uh, my mom at the age of 34 dies in the middle of school. Um, I get kicked out of my house because I'm hyperactive. I stop taking my Ritalin. I start getting in trouble, start missing school. My dad kicks me out of the house. And my dad had gets brain cancer. So lost my mom 2000 or, or I'm 17 years old now. I'm living from friend to friend, people from a church, youth group, whatever. I'm just floating all around. Uh, took a job at a baseball card shop, a little Caesar's pizza. I was a sacker at Kroger. Um, I worked at a place called Eckerd's, which then turned into CVS. Like I've done, a, I, I worked at General Cinema. Where, where, where is this? What, what was your hometown? Houston. Oh, Cy okay. Fair, this where is... I graduated from Cy Fair. Okay. Okay. So, which is uh, yeah. Cypress, 45 minutes out of Houston. Okay. Gotcha. So, gotcha. yeah, just parallel to Katie. So we, um, I'm like, hey, this ain't gonna, this isn't working for me. I, I'm not good at school. I find out that I have dyslexia. Uh, I make an 18 on my ACT. I'm like college ain't in the, the deal for me. My youth minister sits me aside. He's like, man, you need to do something. You can't be moving from house to house to house. So I was like, okay, fine. If you can help me get into college, I'll go to college. So I applied to this place that he went to called Harding University, which is a Christian college in the middle of Arkansas. My freshman year that I'm there, my dad passes away. So now I've got no family. Well, then I become a ward of the state and I get some scholarships and um, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go and become a, the, the college offered this thing called a professional sales program. 
So I had a, I have a four year degree, a bachelor's of business administration, uh, in professional sales. I have a, my, my, uh, BBA of professional sales is my degree. And so I went to college there. It took me five years to graduate, moved back to Houston for three years, then moved to Dallas and, uh, started recruiting it professionals and moving people from San Jose to Austin, Texas and doing all this crazy stuff. And then I was like, uh, I met this girl, we got pregnant. I'm like, let's, let's marry each other because I don't have family and I can't see like one, I couldn't see, you know, uh, having an abortion and I couldn't see giving a kid up for adoption. I was 26 years old. I was like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to finally have my first flesh and blood. So I was like, Hey, let's get married. We got married. It didn't work out in 2010. We got divorced. Uh, I have three beautiful kids just dropped my daughter off on Sunday at Abilene Christian university. And um, so this is her freshman year. The world just kind of cycles all around. And um, fortunately for me, I, I've gone, I went from like, the, the trail for me was I started an office supply business in Houston. After my office supply business, I was speaking at my church. I was really heavily involved in church when I was married. I'm speaking at my church and um, doing like a little preaching thing. And this lady comes to me and is like, hey, you'd be great doing hospice. I was like, okay, what does that mean? She said, we need someone that can talk about death and dying and sign these people up for the death benefit. And we'll give you all this training and you're gonna go to MD Anderson. You'll be in charge of the Texas Medical Center. So I went into the Texas Medical Center and I spent two years inside of MD Anderson, which is the Cancer Research Center, telling people that there was no more treatment for them and that the doctor said that they had less than three or less than six months to live. I'm having this conversation. And the reason why the hospice educator comes in is because the doctor is too much of a pussy to tell the people they're going to die. So I come in to be the bearer of bad news. Old people, young people, uh, children, moms, dads, it runs the gamut or the whole thing. But people are seeing this young kid walk in and then I tell them, hey, look, I've been where you are at. I don't have a mom or dad because I lost my mom from lupus. I lost my dad from cancer. I know what it's what, what you're going through. You need something that's going to be able to provide support for you. And this is what it looks like. And then I would tell them the whole thing. And then I started getting these questions like, well, what are we going to do with my property? What are we going to do with this? What are we going to do with that? And so I was like, golly, I need to go get my real estate license so that I can list these people's property for them and help them sell it. And I ran into this guy that owned his own, this pizza company called Fat Daddy's Pizza. His name's Robert Hammond. And Robert was like on his 10th flip already. And so I started ordering pizza once a week. And I wouldn't call up on, I would go, I would, hey, is Robert in? Okay, hang up the phone, I'd drive over, and then I'd order my pizza in person, and I'd start talking to him once a week, sometimes twice a week. 
30 minutes is what it takes to, to make a pizza. And so I would take all of his time and get all this free education. And then I ran into a show called Flip This House. And at the intro, I was watching the Flip This House San Antonio, the Montalongos. And I was like, the way these people treat their workers, I could do this better. So I'm, so then I started talking to people at my church. I partner with this guy, Robert. I'm like, hey, I've got my real estate license. He's like, let's go find some deals. If you get the money, I'll partner with you. We'll split the prop, uh, the property and, um, and I'll let you do it. So I came into a partnership where the money guy had 50%, Robert had 40% and I had 10%. We bought 54 properties under that platform, 54. And then that turned into, okay, we're not buying anymore with Robert. Now I'm going 50-50 with people. And then that turned into in 2010 where I started doing it on my own. And then it was like, well, now I'm picking up so much property. I need a partner. So I partnered with a guy named Ryan DeGenero. So then Ryan and I partnered and we, we just ended our LLC this year. And we had done like 18 houses together and Ryan and I still great friends to this day, no animosity. It's just, I'm going in a different path with the custom construction and he's, you know, he, he's tired of waiting eight months, 10 months to get the money. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I like the construction process. And he doesn't really like the fact that we throw out so much money and then you got to wait for it to come back. Mm. And, and by the way, we, we actually just released the episode 38 with Ryan today. I had him on the show yesterday. So, oh, dang. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So uh, stand up guy. And I know you guys obviously have done huge things together with your new construction and yeah. whatnot. So. Um, wow. So I, I have a couple of, of follow-up questions here. So the first one that I can't seem to get out of my mind is, is that position that you had at MD Anderson, man. So, you know, yeah. holy smokes, like how, like how were you able to do that and like sleep at night, you know, kind of thing like that's, that's like the whole, you don't, wow. Yeah, you don't. You know, I'm getting phone calls at 11 o'clock at night. Hey, my husband just got the, the ambulance just dropped us off. You told us that there was going to be a bed there, a nurse there, oxygen tanks. There's nothing. The ambulance just dropped us off. My dad, and I mean, these people are crying. I'm calling the service center. I'm calling the after hours service. And after two years of it, I just couldn't take it anymore. I mean, I'm up all hours of the night. I'm getting, I'm on call just like a doctor. I'm getting phone calls like, hey, this person is actively dying. I need you to cons uh, uh, consent is what they were calling it. I need to consent the family to put their dad onto hospice so that he can have what's called palliative care. He can be put on morphine drip, mm. peacefully slip away. And, uh, and then they would be provided the hospice benefit. The hospice benefit is for one year after the government pays for Medicare pays your, your insurance company pays for supportive services. So you have this whole network of free counseling and 
therapy and group support and retreat and all this stuff to help you and your family process the death. And uh, so really? That I, I had is, no idea. Is that only Medicare or is that? Nope. That's everything. That's, that's called the hospice benefit. Wow. I had no idea. Cause I've, uh, Nicole's mother actually passed from a, a brain tumor cool. and she had to go through all that. And man, that that's why I'm just so mind blown that you were able to even do that for two years. Cause stepping into that building is like, man, like the utmost respect to anybody that, you know, does that for a living because that's, uh, yeah, it's like the part of life that no one wants to think about. So there's, there, there's two different parts of MD Anderson. There's the intake part where the person's coming in kind of like for their first time. Right. And then there are, there's three parts. There's the, you finally get approved where they're going to come in and see you. Then there is the part where you're, you're coming in for your follow-up and you know that it's not working. And then there's the other part which frantic where you just got told you have cancer. And so you see these three different people walking through the soon to die, the one that is hopeful that it's working and the one that was is frantic and has just been told they have cancer and they have no idea what's going on. And, and everybody's just kind of walking around and you can tell where people are at in the process based on who has hair and who doesn't. Right. A lot of these people lose their eyebrows. They walk around in bandanas or ball caps. They're frail looking and you just see this. And so what I would do in my off time would just be sit down with people and hear their stories. Um, just like, I, I don't know. It, it was, it's either, you know, I'm going to go back to my car and kind of wait for 30 or 40 minutes, or I can go and kind of like be, somewhat compassionate be somewhat of a human being and try to like because you're seeing these people they're alone they don't have that like this may be their 20th time there to do chemotherapy and no one could go with them this time right mm. or these people are from nashville or maine or wherever they're coming in from all over the world because md anderson and the mayo clinic and the place in uh tennessee those are all like the main places people go for cancer Right. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I, I used to have to call on the McDonald house and when you go to the McDonald house in Houston, you know, it, it's just, it's a sad place. Cause I got three kids. The McDonald house is a place for people that have kids to come and get free services. Mm. Wow. And you know that they're, they're all struggling with death and dying at such a young age. Right. Yeah. That's that's tough, man. It's definitely brutal. But during that, you said that you kept hearing about, you know, well, what am I going to do with my house? And that kind of started to stir up the pot for you. You ended up meeting that man, Robert Hammond, got licensed, and then were you were buying houses with with that group, kind of. And you said you were taking 10%. So 54 houses, 10%, uh, 10% on the profits, right? 10% on the cash flow, 10% on the equity. Oh, so these were rental got, these were rental properties. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. We 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 didn't flip. These were rental, 54 were rentals. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, were, were, was that enough to be able to kind of be full-time 
where you didn't have to have a job anymore or? Oh, so I worked, I worked, uh, till two, three in the morning writing contracts. Yeah. You want to talk about started somewhere. So I set up my study in my house. And when I got home, I played with my kids till they went to bed eight or nine. And then I was on, uh, I was on Vivance for my hyperactivity, right? Well, Vivance, you don't sleep. So I was like 165 pounds and just like working nonstop. And I, I created this template and all I, and I had, um, I would have a check and the check said title company, 2000 bucks. And I would send, I had made a copy of, uh, of that. And then I had an editing, you know, the Adobe editor. So I could like just type in whatever the, the date of the check was. And I had a, a pre-approval letter from a guy named David Williams with red door funding. And, um, and I would just constantly change the date and I sent, I would send out these offers all the time and people would constantly take it. And my, my, uh, my little trick was to offer double the earnest money of what anybody else was offering. So if it was like most people were offering a thousand bucks, I would offer two. Mm. be like, look, I'm serious. And, and then I would tell them we go under contract after my option period. It, I will, uh, I'll release the earnest money to you so that you know that I'm going to close mm. and they would be like, okay, wow. Yeah. Show up with cash. 54 houses, man. Yeah. Oh, you know, with everything that's oh, going that's, on. That's, yeah. Go ahead. Ross, that's not 54. Yeah. That's nothing. No, that I, I, doesn't I include my, <laughs> that doesn't even include my flips. I, 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 like I know. Houses. I know. I know. And that's an insane number. What I was getting to is right now with the market, with where Houston is real estate wise. I mean, if you're not yeah. one to two hours on that deal, it's gone. It's gone. Like, oh, uh, it's, it's, unbelievable. it's immediately gone. It's right away. You know, and, and, and you know, this, you used to be able to look on MLS and kind of find a property. There's no more bidding down property. Nothing. Like I used to bid you down because your property was on the market too long. Now it's like everything's just going like everything like hot and, and people are even paying way over what they should be paying. You know, I found the house the other day in Baytown, literally hours on the market. It was gone, sold for 90 K just. How are you doing your flips from New York? So business is tough. Business is tough. Yeah. Luckily I have my, my Pasadena crew that I've been working with since day one. And, uh, you know, they're able to, you know, I have a GC and it's all systemized, but finding deals is tough, man. Like I'd be lying if I said I had 10 deals on the table. I don't, I sold everything luckily right before COVID and it's, it's been tough, man. It's definitely been tough. So I, uh, yeah. I think I got to, yeah. what I, what I'm, what I think I'm going to do and I don't want to go too deep into this, but I think I'm going to adjust. And I don't know if single family houses or single family flips are going to be for me in the near future, because I feel like I've been doing it for a while. It's a very, very tapped business. When I got started back in 2014, 2015, it wasn't like it is today. Now I feel like everybody's a wholesaler. Everybody's a, a fix and flipper. And like, I, I don't want to be fighting with 20 people over one deal. 
So I think I'm going to be personally adjusting my business strategies here, like now. So pivot. Yeah, yeah you're going to pivot. Yeah, I'm going to pivot. You know, Curtis, you mentioned something, man, and, and I need to know. You, you mentioned that you have hyperactivity. That, that's a, a, yeah. something that's new to me. So can you explain what, the, what that is? So the part of my hyperactivity is blurting. Um, and my side effect or, or compounding issue is dyslexia. So uh, my hyperactivity is that when, when I – so there's some people – that have ADD and there's some people who have ADHD, right? ADD is the silent distractor. That's the little girl in the room who's just kind of like in her own little thought, but she doesn't blurt out. She doesn't make noise or anything. I'm the guy that's sitting next to you. You're actually trying to do your work. And I'm like, Ross, did you see her ponytail or whatever it is or, the teacher's blouse came under, you know, I'm like hitting, let, let's spitball somebody. I'm like trying to, I'm, I'm just bored. And so I'm constantly trying to do something that will, um, hold on. Okay. There's someone came to my door. I think it was Amazon. Um, so I'm constantly just trying to like find something that's entertaining and I would be moved around the class all the time. And so finally, I got on Ritalin and Ritalin is like real bad for me because I just would zone out, wouldn't say anything. And then I started taking Vyvanse when I was an adult. And the first day I was on it, this is no lie. The first day I was on it, I started crying. I was like, so I went to go eat with some friends and they were like, this guy said, oh my God, Curtis, I cannot believe this. This is the first time I've ever been able to talk eating lunch with you. And I just broke down and like, really, like that is how I've treated people for so long. Um, it was crazy. I just, uh, it is a lot of self-reflection. And then fortunately, as I've grown my, my hyper focus. So that, that is my hyperactivity. Like I, I see something, it, it, it really irritates me or I'm really uh, upset about it or I'm really excited about it. And that's all I can think about. Mm. And so because of that, it's like, I've got to get this off my chest. It becomes uh, like a, you know, listening to a record that has a scratch on it. That's how it is for me. It just keeps cycling that same sentence over and over, whatever it is in my head. Like for me, I, our story is hilarious, right? How you and I became friends. We became friends out of animosity. I saw you and you had this catchphrase, fired up, right? And so you used to do fired up on everything. You'd make these videos, send it out. I was like, man, this guy is really good. But this guy doesn't know shit. And you were just coming into real estate and I was like trying to take you down because you actually were coming up. And so then I'm like, Oh, I'm going to make a video making fun of Alex. And then it totally backfired because that video, I think we had like 350 comments on that video. And then you even commented. And then next thing I know, like it's, it, it was all a joke, but all jokes stem from some sort of insecurity. And so 
self-reflection has been the best thing for me because I have been able, as I've grown older, to realize that someone else is going to come here and do better than me. Someone, There are people who build better houses. There are people who have better systems. There are people who are more capitalized. There are people who drive Lamborghinis. I drive an F-150. You know, I have to at some point just say, I'm okay being okay. I'm okay being who I am. And once I did that, it was kind of like the curse of my hyper focus kind of went away. And now I'm more careful about things that I post, things that I say, the words that I'm using, because my words, what I've realized is my words are so powerful that they can put things into action. So if I think, oh man, this house is awful. I'm never going to be able to do blah, blah, blah. Well, then I just put all this negative energy on this project that I'm doing or a, a person or a situation. So now I'm trying to just hyper-focus on all the positives, the things that can come. I love the coronavirus. The coronavirus is, I've never been more successful than I am in this period right now. So where everybody's like, oh, we can't go to here, we can't go to there. I'm like, okay, great, you can't go there? Well, guess what y'all are probably needing? A swimming pool in your backyard. Guess who's gonna build you a swimming pool? This guy. You know, I'm adding on to my business because my credibility is worth something. People want to know that when I build them a custom house, if they want to do add-ons later, they can come to the same guy. And that's what I'm trying to provide now. Mm. You I don't know, know if that did that help you out at all. Yeah, no, it definitely. Absolutely, okay. bro. Absolutely, because and and that's who I know you to be. Like I know you to be the very well. You know, a lot of people know you to be brutally honest, very blunt, not afraid to call people out, and not afraid to speak your your mind. And in some way, that's really admirable because a lot of people just don't open their mouth at all. Like they only say things to, behind closed doors that they would never say to people's faces because they're afraid of the repercussions uh, or maybe right. conflict. So does that ever go through your mind? Like when you're, you know, involved in some type of drama or something or calling somebody out that, you know, Hey, this could have repercussions and consequences and maybe it could even get physical or have long lasting effects or something. Does, do, do, do those thoughts ever go through your head? Well, one, I think a lot of people have not been punched in the mouth enough whenever they were young. Um, growing up by yourself, I played basketball in high school. I've You ran my mouth a lot. I got punched. I've gotten the crap kicked out of me. Um, I'm not really worried about what people think anymore because this, this is what I tell people is a lot of people talk shit. And if you really looked behind their curtains, you would see like, what the hell are you talking about? You're, you know, you, what you'll see that they have the same things wrong with them is many times as I've called people out, I've never had someone, everybody says to me, Curtis is an asshole. They don't say Curtis is a liar. They don't say Curtis is wrong. They say, I get all the private messages behind the scenes. Wow, I can't believe you said that. I've always been thinking that, but I didn't have the guts to say it. And I'm like, I say it, 
sometimes you tell people what they don't want to hear because you know if you keep going down that path i saw this guy making a video and i noticed when as he was walking through his house he was talking about how great his house looked and stuff and i could see like his joists were sticking out and they had no support underneath them they were just being nailed together right like like this but with nothing in that seam and i go dude your contractor doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. That's, meet me here. I'm gonna beat the shit out of you. And I was like, hey, bro, we can do whatever you wanna do. I'm gonna be on Wednesday night. I'm gonna be at the Redneck Country Club up in front doing my podcast. Afterwards, you can come meet me. I'll be right there. And then the guy was like, I guess like a couple people finally like talked with him and they were, and, and he, messages me a couple of weeks ago and he says uh hey man i just want to tell you thank you uh i went off on you but actually another contractor walked through the house because i i had enough of an inclination after i was researching you that you may know what you were talking about and you were right i need i i was going to be in serious trouble so i just wanted to say i overreacted i'm sorry Right. So sometimes that happens. And then there's other times where it's like, it's just drama and it's stupid. And I'm 45 years old and I shouldn't be getting into this drama stuff. But like you said, you just, sometimes you just struggle with, uh, it's, I struggle with how to say what is on my mind the correct way. Mm. I have the Michael Scott, uh, personality, you know, like if you ever watched the show, the office, that dude would always get himself in trouble, but he like came from a good place. I think I come from a good place. I just don't think people always see the place because they see the person and they don't know the person. So they just assume everything that I'm saying is, is coming from an evil place. Mm. You know, I can relate to you a little bit um, when it comes to saying what's on my mind when it comes to real estate, which I happen to, you know, care deeply about because that's my business. But nowadays with TikTok and Instagram, they're, the level of posers out there is at an all-time high. And I see this guy on TikTok talking about this deal. And he said that he bought this deal and made like 30K in like 30 days and he renovated it. I, st I started calling this guy out and... He never actually responded because he, he knew that I was right. I, I was, But I saw all these comments of people. How did you do this? Can you teach me this, that? I'm like, this guy is phony baloney. This is nonsense. Don't believe this. And that's like the thing that triggers me, man, is the people out there that just rip people off and sell a fake lifestyle. And it drives me crazy. So the people from Flip This House, New Jersey, this guy just came up with this, you know, I see it on Facebook all the time. He came up with a quick flip. Well, all he's doing is wholesaling, right? But he was, it, they, they sent out this Facebook ad and it's like, we're coming to Houston and we're going to teach this, whatever, whatever. I go, I said, Hey bro, I'm going to show up and I'm going to deconstruct your entire thing. <laughs> you're nothing but a fake. All you're trying to do, you know what I like go off, right? The dude, he blocks me, so now I can't. I can never comment on his stuff. But I mean, I've done that with Montalongo. I've done that with uh, that guy, uh, Tarek and Christina. 
Uh, I've, every single person that does the traveling deal, I'm like, man, we have people who are actually know what we're doing yeah. out here, okay? <laughs> you, you guys are coming into a market where this is yeah. already saturated for education. Yeah, they do the they do the show, and they don't actually show up. They send the team to show up, right? And uh, yeah, yeah, you know. the suits to close yeah. you on your fifteen thousand dollar package. That's it, man. And they always do it by the airport, right? I mean, just at the Marriott That's right. by the airport. Curtis, I wanna I wanna switch <laughs> gears up here again, man, and talk about um, some of your challenges. You know, being in the real estate market, being in in entrepreneurial space, it's a roller coaster. We all know that ups and downs especially at the level of, you know, that you're playing at with big numbers, you know, multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars. What's one of the biggest losses that you've ever had to take in your business? Or if you haven't taken a loss, one of like the rockiest moments where you were on edge kind of freaking out. Okay. Last year I did a deal for a custom client, Ryan and I did it. And this was the, this was kind of the deal that, that we were like, okay, we need to go into two different directions. I was so excited about these people. I thought, oh my gosh, they totally want us to do it. They love our product, blah, blah, blah. I ran through it without really doing a contract really, really tight. I started reconstructing what was almost completed. And I went with a brand new crew because I saw them on Facebook and they were doing good work. And I got hosed, man. I got hung to dry for like 25,000 bucks. And then I was like another, then once we, once I started going through the, the, uh, the process of, of do, getting all the permits done and getting everything ready to go, all the stuff that that guy had done, I then had to go and deconstruct and pay someone else to redo it the right way. And I'm like, man, I am too experienced to be going through this bullshit. Like I was going so fast, I did not do the steps I would normally do. Didn't put the crew that I normally would put in there in order to do this job. And then I had to pay like twice as much because then I was running crews from seven in the morning till seven at night, then from seven at night till seven in the morning. I was doing 24 hour crews to get this thing done, to get it punched out. No and calling in favor after favor, uh, having people give me free, it's Sherwin Williams giving me free paints. Uh, Home Depot was dropping, giving me like 50% discounts on my orders. Was this, a, was, was this uh, a new build or was it a renovation? No, this was a, this was a restoration and an addition. Okay. And it just, so, it spiraled out of control real quick because what, what I went wrong. Yeah. If you could elaborate on that, like with I, the crew. You know, I was going fast. I hired a guy from Facebook and he did not do what he said he could do. He told me three months in and out will be done. Uh, 95,000 bucks. Well, then he, I said, how much are you going to charge me to add on like 220 square feet? And then it was going to, and he was like, I can do that for a hundred dollars a square foot. Okay. So now we're at like what? 120. It ended up being like 165 to get that thing done. And then once you add on the realtor fees, the time that it took, um, the extra payments and in interest, uh, we lost about 60 grand on that deal. 
But and if he said that it was going to be 95K, obviously he did his estimate. You walked the property and all that. Like, how did that spiral out of control to be almost double the price? No, right? like, it was 95,000. It was 95,000 to remodel the existing house. Right. Then we said, we're going to rip off the roof here and do a 220 square foot addition. Okay. So that, so that was added on. Okay. And then once he started, and then we gave him, he was like, okay, well, I need another draw. We gave him the other draw and then people stopped showing up and I'm calling him. He's like, uh, tomorrow. Oh, my, my truck broke down. Uh, you know, all the excuses. Mm. And I'm like, gosh, dog it. And, and then next thing I know him and his partner break up. And then he's calling me with sob stories about how his partner just stole all the money from their bank account. He doesn't have the money to continue. Oh. And so then it was like, yeah. yeah, then it was like, we got screwed. And, uh, that's why I'm like, you know, I work with the same group of guys that I've been doing houses with for five years. But this guy took me and Brian out to Minute Maid Park and was whining and dining and I need your business and you can help me out. And if I can do videos, then people see me working for you, then they'll want me to work for them. Mm. You now, get it? For, for the listeners out there, you know, that that's a common issue. Um, Maybe not at the six-figure level as much, but, I mean, you and I both know, man, you hire a contractor for a 30K reno, they don't work for a week, then they come back, they work half-ass, and then they just disappear, they take your money. I mean, I have a friend that just got screwed over 10K, and, you know, at a bare minimum, he went on to Facebook and put out a post in, you know, the group to say, hey, be careful, this guy. But for the listeners out there, what would you recommend? What type of, like, actions can you take to kind of, you know, give consequences to the contractor. If, uh, if the person shuts down their Facebook profile, there's nothing you can do. Right. Um, and sometimes you, you have, you're hiring. The reason why people hire me to build is because they know at the end of the day, whether or not I lose money or not, they're not going to lose the money and they're going to get a good house. Mm. That's, I'm their security blanket. So my job is to just work with people who you've worked with for a while and make sure the product turns out great. Um, control what you can control. And the second thing is, is don't put in, and, and that is goes back to the other part about like creating drama online. Sometimes you just have to cut the cord and just say, I made a mistake, own it and say, it's my bad. Like I've had to do many a times on Facebook or in life and just say, my bad, I shouldn't have done this or that. Um, it's my fault, my drama, my animals, my circus tent, I'm going to have to fix it and make it right. And so when you can do that, when you can own your mistake, that's when I think you take all the power away from the negativity and you start feeding positive back into your life. Mm. But too many people are always looking to blame someone else. That's true, bro. You know, for the listener out there right now, Curtis, they've, they've been rocking with us so far. We've been going for almost an hour and they're inspired. They want to do something with their lives. 
They want to make the transition into becoming an entrepreneur, getting into real estate. What's your message to that person? I tell people the same message about starting a business as I do about how when people go, I don't know how you got through your parents dying. And I tell them there's a part in the movie Castaway where Tom Hanks comes back and he's at the FedEx airport and uh, his girlfriend comes in, right? And he or, and he's looking down and she wants to come inside, but her new husband is like, no. And so she leaves and he's watching this from above. And then his friend sits down and he said, how did you get through it? And he said, I just kept breathing. And for me, I think that that's what you have to do. You have to just keep breathing, just keep walking one step in front of the other. Uh, every day there's an opportunity to meet somebody that can help you on your path. Most people don't have the balls enough to ask for the help and to initiate the conversation. There's a reason why we say ABC, always be closing. Well, you're, the real talk is you get an ABFC. You got to always be fucking closing. You need to go and be a bitch for your success. And you have to realize that there ain't nothing wrong with a daily grind of working two jobs or a side hustle, as Gary Vee would say. You need to, while you're working your job, then you go and there is nothing wrong with staying up late. But most people don't want it enough. Most people are too tired. They want it to Netflix. They want to stay on Instagram or Facebook or McDonald's or Whataburger. You know, whether it's losing weight or starting a business, you have to do the things that are uncomfortable to get you to the place where you want to be. There's no pill to get you a million bucks and there's no pill to lose 30 pounds. There are actions you can take daily, but it took you three years or whatever to get into debt. It's going to take you maybe four years to get out of debt, but there's no, you can't microwave your way out of the situation. Mm. I wish that we all could. I wish that I could just go in and heat up a million dollars that was frozen into my microwave, but I can't, I got to it, It's that whole overnight success. Yes. I'm an overnight success. It took me like 7,000 nights to get overnight to the success. Mm. And it took me getting the shit kicked out of me a lot. Mm. I love it, brother. That's great advice, man. Honestly. And I know that the people are going to want to reach out to you, whether they want to partner, have you build them a house or rest, restore their house or whatever the case may be, connect with you, take you out for a cup of coffee, whatever it is. What's the best place for people to connect with you and get into your, your circle, man? Uh, follow me on Facebook because I'm almost at like 5,000 people. So if you follow me and then you can send me a message. Um, yeah, that's really the only, I, I, I'm, I'm horrible at responding to emails. I hate emails. I like Facebook messenger. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm on Instagram, urban restoration on Instagram, Curtis warden on Facebook. And you, Hit me you, up. you also mentioned that you run your own podcast, which is going to be tomorrow. So they yeah, won't... investor game day podcast, the third Wednesday of every month. How do they tune into that? 
on Facebook? Investor Game Day Podcast is on uh, Facebook. Type Facebook. in Investor Game Day Podcast. And we'll link that in the uh, the show notes. Curtis, with that being said, man, absolute pleasure to have you on the show. You have a great story, and I want to thank you so much for sharing, man. Pound. Later, brother. All right, all right, my friends. And that wraps up episode 40 with Curtis Warden. Huge thank you to Curtis for stopping by. And of course, a huge thank you to you, the listener, for supporting the show. We're going to keep the content rolling, so make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. And I'll see you in the next episode. Take care.